Hello, everybody. Welcome back to PodCanna episode 32. This week, we dive into our updates regarding the strategy to beat Ruby Amethyst. We looked at a lot of decks. Unfortunately, last week when we recorded the podcast, we did miss the Emerald Steel deck, which has pretty much been our front runner. That's the main topic, so I'm not going to get ahead of uh, ahead of myself quite yet. I'm just going to dive into the headlines here, first of which is a spoiler, which we haven't gone over yet, which is Eeyore, Overstuffed Donkey. It's a steel card, Storyborn Ally. It's a 4-5, cost 5, can be inked, and it quest for 1 says resist plus 1. You guys have any thoughts regarding this card? And what do you think about the resist mechanic uh, in and of itself? Because I don't think we've had a chance to really revisit how powerful resist is versus how we rated it in our initial set review. Because I think that some people were higher on resist than elders on this podcast. I think uh, so far from what I've experienced of resist, which honestly hasn't been much to it with like, you know, we can, we can all see what the meta is at the moment. Um, it's been fine. Like, the, there's been some instances where, I mean, the main deck I've been playing um, primarily within Rise of Floodborne is Amber Steel. So whenever I face it and I'm playing Steel, it can be a little bit annoying. But for the most part, even a lot of the Steel decks that are with, like, top meta decks at the moment aren't even playing Resist cards, with an exception of maybe some Run the Prince and stuff like that. So um, in this meta, it, it, it's hard to evaluate because we're not seeing it much, right? Um, if it proves to be the way we were speaking about locations in set three, if it's going to go to more of a mm, board-based meta, then yeah, I think Resist is going to be seen um, I don't want to say a lot more, but I, def I definitely think you'll see cards like uh, Cogsworth and, and, and other just good cards like the Prince come out, but yeah, overall I haven't really had a chance to really evaluate it because I haven't seen enough of it, to be honest. Moin, what are your thoughts? I don't know, I, I don't know, I don't think we valued it that highly. I think so I, I remember because I took a lot. No, okay, I took a to, lot of trash for mouse armor. People yeah, came okay, after I, me. I, I, I want. I didn't know if I could dodge dodge the bullet, but <laughs> you are right about mouse armor not being great. It hasn't seen any any reasonable amount of play. To be fair, it's just I don't know. The the resist one is fine. It's just you can't really justify using an entire card on that. Even if it, you will have it for the rest of the game, it's that's what it seems like right now. Maybe if every matchup was combat based, but because like most of your matchups will not be combat based, it feels like you can't do that, right? Like that's why yeah. resist has been a bit underpowered. I think is because a lot of the decks that are in this metagame that are not amber steel are not really engaging in combat. Like the emerald steel deck is making you discard cards. The control decks. Um, I mean, obviously Ruby Amethyst is not really engaging in, in combat, but neither is, uh, oh, it's so sorry. This is like getting these color. I'm still working on colors. There's so many months <laughs> in this game, but the Sapphire Ruby list also doesn't really engage in combat. So <clears throat> I think because of that resist, at least in this mini game has been underrepresented and not quite power, quite as powerful as we expected. Yeah. And some of the smaller resist characters, even if they'd even die to some combat, like the six attack rushers which is very common stuff like uh, tiana and the prince would still die to that so it's like even for combat based matchups sometimes it doesn't make that much of a difference and cards that have resist printed on them usually inherently sacrifice something uh, some value somewhere else or some quest points and something so mm -hmm. every time the, you're not getting value out of the resist part of the card it's usually subpar yeah so i guess in that vein looking at your uh, it just uh, it seems like a fine card. I, I mean, if, if it's effectively a 4-6, six, a 6-butt six 
at five costs. That's like Cerebus, right? Basically, but yeah, Cerebus, you lose a power, uh, but you also get to resist damage on songs and things like grab your swords or actions. So mm-hmm. probably it's not better than Cerebus, but Cerebus hasn't been yeah. good enough to set either. Yeah, yeah, it's a little bit comparable to Kronk, mm-hmm. which is uh same stat line costs one more, but has an effect on quest for two. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's just it's just a very well kind of a sticky butt that comes down on five that can sing for five. But I'm I with the current context, I'm not overly impressed. Mm-hmm. All right, Kala, I think you have a announcement as well, or at least you have more information on this announcement than I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, over I think it was a few days ago, Thea uh, Busen uh, she announced that. The, she's hosting the biggest online Lorcana tournament to date. It will be hosted on Pixelborn. Winner gets $1,000, which is really, really cool to see. Uh, the split is a little bit unfortunate. It's like 1K for first place, $100 for second, and I think $10 for up. third that's place. How should, that's how you should that's, do tournaments. That's, right a Brandon, that's, that, yeah, that's, that's a Brendan mm-hmm. uh, approved um price split right there but yeah it's free entry so uh i'm sure we'll leave a link down in the description below uh and encourage you guys to join it takes place this saturday which i think is the 6th of january so be sure to to join it's good to have more online tournaments like this because you will see a wider range of deck lists it's not like just kind of um certain decks or archetypes that you will see per region if that makes sense uh, and i think there's a cap of 1000 players so Hopefully we can fill it up as much as possible. It'll be super, super cool. And yeah, overall, it's just super cool to see more online tournaments take place. Honestly. We're still waiting on the official, official OP stuff, by the way. There's someone on Twitter that I follow that they're like, oh, it's the 3rd of January. It's been three days since they have since they promised that we get information in January. So I'm so excited. Like any little bit of information about official OP stuff, I cannot wait for Honestly, the best thing about this tournament, if you're not playing in it, in my opinion, is you'll there will be coverage, right? So mm-hmm. you'll be able to watch high-level games that will occur in the late Swiss rounds or in top eight. And right mm-hmm. now in Lorcana, I don't think there's a lot of content where you can watch high-level gameplay. Um, and if you if you can, the quality's terrible. <laughs> like it's mm, very hard yeah. to make out like what's going on, or it's just it's just generally low quality. I don't mean that to bash anybody, but in terms of like card game production, it's just you know it's usually it's hard. Right? Yeah. So this is yeah. going to be very clear uh, gameplay that you can look at and analyze to see you know how some of the best decks piloted by the best players uh play out which is which is really really good information i know Kala's playing in it moyen's not playing it because moyen is uh on vacation which is you know thank- i might still play on vacation i was gonna say is <laughs> to say thank god for everybody else that moyen's not playing but if moyen's playing um i think if moyen plays i'll play i i should play it but um I actually play another video game called Escape from Tarkov, and it wiped recently, which is like basically everything got reset, and that came out a few days ago, so I've been addicted to that. <laughs> so I would like to devote my Saturday to that, but I, sh- I probably should play. If we're all playing, we're all in Discord, because one of my favorite things, so Flesh and Blood had online tournaments like this before. They are webcam-based and stuff like that. And one of my favorite things is like all the... All- all you and your friends are in Discord. You go play your round, or you go play your round, then you come back and like everybody's like huddled up in between rounds. It's, it's really fun, actually. Um, yeah. 
Also, I need to. Everybody has has fun stories to tell in between rounds. Yeah, mm-hmm. we get the bad beats from Kawa. Um, or <laughs> <laughs> onto uh, onto our spilled ink section, which is our listener question section. Um, if you want to get your question read out on next week's podcast question or statement, you can shoot us a comment on YouTube. This first one, I'm throwing it to you, Kawa. I think that your reading comprehension is firmly better than mine at this point. I struggle when it gets to these multi paragraphs. <laughs> this is a really good comment, though. Yeah, this is a really good comment. This is from Zef Games, who is an amazing Lord Kama content creator. Be sure to check him out. Uh, he makes some incredible kind of deck showcase videos. So Zef says, Hey, always enjoy listening to your guys' thoughts on each podcast. So according to Pavel, who is the Pixelborn creator, I'm nearing close to 2,800 ranked games on Pixelborn, lol. And the entirety of my season two has been trying to overcome the wall that is Ruby Amethyst. Kawa mentioned wanting to pair something with Steel, and from my experience, Steel has one of the best toolkits against Ruby Amethyst. Beast is actually an insane card against it, and as if you really think about it, they don't have a good way of dealing with him until maybe a turn 7 be prepared, where he's already drawn 1-2 to extra cards. Teeth is usually inked by the time Beast comes online, and Exert Pinocchios are only run as one or two ofs within the deck, and Dragonfires aren't really meta at the moment. Turn 5 Beast into turn 6 Tinkerbell and Swords is also typically a one-sided Be Prepared against all of Red Purple's X3s and comes out faster than Be Prepared. Having access to the Purple Bounce Package is why Steel Amethyst has been putting up great numbers against Ruby, although Ruby lists are now fighting back with the extremely difficult to deal with Ursus, which we talked about uh, last week. And we also ran into this a lot during our testing as when we were playing Steel yes. Amethyst Ursula was a super, super difficult card to deal with. I know Brendan knows that. Yeah. Um, it's very annoying. Mm-hmm. It was like, oh, yeah. we, there's more to this comment. But just to quickly interject, we're like, oh, Steel Amethyst. It, it seems like it has a hope. And then your opponent drops an Ursula and you're like, how the <laughs> yeah. fuck do I deal with yeah, that? How do you beat this? Yeah. Like, yeah. And some, sometimes you have the Yzma, but if, if you don't and they drop the Ursula, you're, you're like so hopeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And everything yeah. else might have been going well up until that point, but that, that just kind of ends your hopes. For sure. Uh, Zef says, I also think purple-green aggro decks have a good matchup into red-purple, but they do pretty poorly against the field in a steel-heavy metagame. That's quite interesting. That's not something I don't think any of us have tested yet, and I'd be happy to give that a shot. I know uh, Amethyst Emerald aggro was kind of popular within set one. There was a few yeah, people who kind of ran, ran that package. So, uh, But this is kind of what we said in general, was it, it also... I mean, we said that the Amethyst, Amber aggro, like any sort of aggro deck should do pretty well into into red-purple. So yeah, definitely want to try that out. Uh, Moyen will be happy to hear this. Flute Song does very well against red-purple and new lists are evolving containing Gaston Singer. Instead of using Stitch or Queen packages to get the early shifts, it plays Gaston's as a one-card package while also removing Amber's 2-2 weaknesses to Teeth and Ambitions. This is actually my current deck of choice to combat Ruby Amethyst. Well, at least until they start make maybe running four Ursulas. Um, that's yeah, us. That's, that's <laughs> us. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, super, super interesting. Um, I tried out Flu uh, during a tournament, you know, like last month, uh, because Moyen was like, you know, come on, you got to try it. this. This could, this could be it. This could be it. And now Flute Song is, is uh, I wouldn't say everywhere, but it's, it's prominent. It's definitely prominent within the meta at the moment. And... Uh, it's not a deck that I've tested too much myself, but it kind of makes sense in terms of if the biggest thing that Ruby Amethyst is doing is doing like be prepared to clear your board and stuff, you can still gain lore by just singing songs, which is what your deck is doing anyways. And having multiple flutes means that you gain uh, more additional lore, if that makes sense. So uh, it kind of makes sense that it does well against the deck. Go ahead, Moyne. 
just because it's a very long, long comment, just to jump in a little mm-hmm. bit there. Oh, I want to remind you guys. I think I know it was a couple podcasts ago mm-hmm. when when we were discussing also the effects of Pixelborn, and I said if Pixelborn didn't exist, it would take like wait, was it that? Yeah, no, I think yeah, it, that was it would take ages tournaments. to f- yeah. find the... Yeah, mm. but if, if we had competitive tournaments, it would be even quicker, even mm-hmm. especially with Pixelborn. And then that um, because of Pixelborn, maybe we will come to the conclusion quicker that like how good flutes are in Ember Steel. That like if you want to play Ember Steel, I think I don't disagree. I I don't disagree one bit. Yeah, like there was no one uh, at least in any of my local stuff because. If you think about it, if you're playing in paper the whole time, there'll be people who, if they're just winning with this type of deck and it's locals and many people aren't changing too many things up, they're like, oh, well, this deck is just good. I'll just play it again next week. I won't make any changes. You yeah. know, whereas in, on Pixelborn Online, people are constantly trying to evolve, as uh, as Zeph says here. Yeah. Um, I, um, mm. yeah. We can't put that one on the scoreboard for Moyne. If we if we had a virtual we scoreboard, for, uh, we yeah. I, so we have I, a minus point on the mouse armor and a plus point <laughs> on the sleepy food. I do have a question. Broke even. Yeah. I have a question. We're almost through this comment, but you can take it in pieces. Should I be playing Teeth and Ambitions in my Ruby Amethyst deck? So Teeth and Ambitions is it's a it's so when I'm playing Beast, when I was playing Steel mm-hmm. Amethyst, uh, God help my soul. When I would get teeth and ambitions, I was like, damn, that's really annoying. Um, and obviously, it can deal with aggro threats um, as well. But I don't play the card in my Ruby Amethyst list. Should I be playing this card? Because it seems to be a almost four of in most deck lists I see. So for me, I think that the meta is so flexible and adapts so quickly that I think there was the time where you were supposed to play it. And I'm not sure you're still supposed to play it because now people are already um because because people were playing so many teeth and ambitions and and the other half of the meta is basically steel decks people are now very aware of the uh of the break points of willpower that is like three willpower mm-hmm. instead of mm-hmm. just two so people are actively trying to play cards that are not bad against uh grab your sword but also um teeth and ambitions so i think the card has gotten worse again and you not, you don't necessarily have to play it anymore. But I think like over the last maybe two weeks, I think it was a pretty reasonable card. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on to the rest of the comment, uh, Zef says, I've also found that Emerald Steel Discard actually performs very well against Ruby Amethyst decks and is one of the biggest complaints from Ruby Amethyst players, which is a sign you know it's effective. This is also a deck that uh, I think probably has the best matchup into Ruby Amethyst overall because you're making them discard a lot of their big cards. I mean, if they mulligan, they happen to get an Ursula or be prepared in their hand and you happen to discard it, that's fine. Like, the threat's not going to come down. Um, Yeah, that's probably the deck that I think combats Ruby Amethyst the best. Yeah, I think it's better on Pixelborn mm-hmm. than it is in person, um, mostly because of game game 2s and game 3s. I think that as mm-hmm. a Ruby Amethyst, you can play... Like, if you know you're playing against the <clears throat> Steel... Uh, Emerald discard deck, there's ways that you can adjust your game plan so that you don't have a easy target to discard a critical card like a be prepared that's going to win you the game. Uh, but on mm. Pixelborn, yeah, it's it can be pretty <clears throat> pretty annoying. Obviously, you can snuff out the archetype early, but I mean, it's even things like inking some of your early card draw potentially like if you i mean i just prioritize card draw in that matchup and also uh try to find ways to remove their engines like their prince johns and uh i I mean i'm just not sure i played a lot of this emerald steel deck uh in between this podcast and last podcast which we'll get into for the main topic and i do think the list is good into ruby amethyst but it's not like amazing 
It's not as good as okay. I would like it to be to play a deck like that. Because I really don't like playing the deck. I think the deck is not very fun. But it, it, it has a good matchup in the Ruby Amethyst, but I don't think it has a great matchup, actually. Do you think it's the best out of what we've found so far? Unfor- yeah, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I, I mm-hmm. do think it's the best mm-hmm. we found. It, uh, the, or I, the- think, I think maybe Agro might be the best if you look at it purely against uh, Ruby Amethyst. That makes sense. It's just, yeah. I, mean, I think Agro is the worst deck against other decks, and then... Uh, green green gray is mm-hmm. like yeah uh, pretty good against it but also not the greatest deck overall and then sleepy flute is like still very close matchup against ruby amethyst but it's a really good deck uh, against anything else as well yeah that makes sense uh, just to end off seth's comment he says by the way brendan green steel mill performs badly against ruby amethyst which makes me sad as it's my favorite off meta deck to play and i've tried very hard to make it work <laughs> this season so I'll, I'll yeah take shout out to you for on that one because yeah. i haven't played yeah. it yet this season uh thanks to zeph for that comment really appreciate it um moving on to the next comment we have it from travis collectibles love the discussions been binging them all at work been learning a lot i would love to hear your thoughts on the amber ruby mufasa decks i'm going to try it at locals this sunday and see how i do i really like it and it's nice to switch away from the meta what are your thoughts i'll start with uh with moyen um, so personally, I don't switch away from the meta to switch away from the meta because I'm very competitive minded, but, uh, so I haven't, I haven't, uh, played that deck, but I think from looking at it, it is one of the better things you can be doing if you want to be going off meta. I think the deck looks pretty decent and I think most off meta decks look like shit. So <laughs> yeah, to put it I lightly. think you can have fun there. <laughs> yeah, it's a sign that the deck is actually maybe okay. Like, I'm just looking yeah. at one random one here from Mushu Report, uh, and it has a lot of the good cards from Steel Song, and then a lot of the good cards from Ruby Amethyst from the Ruby package, right? So, yeah, and then you, you can cheat out together. Uh, Mufasa at some point, and mm-hmm. especially control decks might might struggle to deal with it. Mm. Yeah, that that's that's interesting. So, I, I haven't played the deck. I've played against it a lot, both as Emerald Steel and as Ruby Amethyst. And, um, yeah, I don't have any, conclu- I don't have like conclusive thought on how it is into Emerald Steel, but I know as Ruby Amethyst, the deck list felt actually relatively easy. That could be a small ish sample size, um, could be a player thing, but ultimately it just felt like it wasn't good enough into Ruby Amethyst, which just has so many high quality cards, so many powerful engines. Um, even with the Mufasa, you know, replacing after it's been, this is the one that, top five cards yeah, or something yeah. replace yeah replacing after it's you know cleared it just wasn't very relevant because i was still so far ahead on board on resources on card advantage so i do think that the deck is not bad it's like very very playable um and i mean it could win a tournament i don't know if it would win a tournament like theo's upcoming tournament with that with potentially a thousand players but mm-hmm. it does seem like I, a good uh b tier eight b plus deck. i think you can win your locates with it yeah Mm. and have fun while doing so so i think you definitely could i think one card i want to highlight in that deck that from the version that i'm looking at right now that i think would make the deck really good is doc being able to basically play a five cost card on turn four is potentially really powerful you can shout out your mufasa early you can get a maui out early if you want to do that um i think doc overall is just a super great card and it's a shame that we don't see as much as him as i would have liked to see of him at the moment and that's a it's nice to see that he's shining pretty well in um that deck. I would put this deck on a similar power level with uh, Amethyst Steel. 
So it's like, I would like to play it, but uh, I just, I just can't, I can't imagine doing it in this meta because actually the meta is like relatively hostile towards Amber Ruby right now, um, mm-hmm. which is like the same thing with Amethyst Steel. Like Amethyst Steel seems like a fine deck. It's just the meta is just hostile towards it. Ursula is too hard to deal with. There's ways, there's ways to stop your beast draw engine, which is one of your critical draw engines, and you're just lacking. Uh, you're lacking that agnostic AOE board clear in the form of B prepare, which is actually so critical to the control deck right now. Like when you don't mm-hmm. have that, you're just like, oh my god, <laughs> it feels so bad sometimes. Like I don't know, like someone drops a Stitch Rockstar on you, and you're like, uh, okay, I can't destroy that. <laughs> it's bad. I have a I have a question. I'm gonna leave until we get to the main topic uh, regarding Ruby Amethyst and mirrors and stuff like that. But uh, I'm gonna go on to the next comment for the moment. This is from Sean Reed. Hey y'all, seem to y'all have seen seem to have missed the info regarding the Emerald Steel deck popular on Pixelborn. It's what Brendan talked about at the start. Has a favorable matchup against Ruby Amethyst and is beyond that just a solidly good deck. Only thing is, Blue Steel decks are good against that deck. The meta won't break quickly though because most people are going to have the physical cards for Ruby Amethyst, but more likely won't have the cards for the Emerald Steel list. Still, a high expectation of Ruby Amethyst would make the Emerald Steel deck a very good meta choice. Mm. I uh, haven't yeah. I haven't played the 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 what did you say sapphire steel that's like the yeah yeah what used to be like the og ramp deck that's that was actually a color combination i was interested in um interested mm-hmm. in trying but didn't get around to it uh, one thing i want to say though it just came to my mind mm-hmm. so since there's potentially this tournament on saturday which all three of us might be playing in i would say this this is this is kind of like a one of the re- one of the main reasons i wouldn't bring emerald steel is that via my testing as the playing ruby amethyst i would feel unfazed slash slightly happy to face emerald steel it wouldn't i would not it would not be mm-hmm. i would not look at it as like oh man i got i paired into four em- emerald steels in my swiss that could change you know via a tournament but if something is like looked at as the counter deck in the metagame it should definitely be making the deck that you're countering like it should be making that player sweat and i just my experience as a, uh, on the ruby amethyst side has been like you can lose but it seems fine yeah, I don't think it's anywhere close to if it's Sapphire Ruby versus uh, Amber Steel. Because if you, if I, if I'm playing Amber Steel and I see a Sapphire Ruby, I'm like, oh no, like it's, <laughs> it's incredibly hard to win that matchup, you know? Yeah. And go ahead, so Moin. The, so the problem of of that discard Emerald Steel deck is basically, I think even if it, I'm not sh- quite sure how badly it beats on Ruby Amethyst, but even if it beats on it quite badly, it's just that there's a decent amount of steel decks in the meta where you're going to have a very tough time because they can just cast early grab your sword before you get value out of your Bucky and Prince, and then, then you're just very sad about that. So I think even if it is a decent or good counter, it yeah. still doesn't really break the meta mm. because uh, there's too much in the meta that still stops it from becoming a tyrant or anything. One thing I'll say is I think that Emerald Steel has a curve on the play, so going first, that um, it literally can be any deck. Like when you just curve out perfectly into Prince John with the you drop the two cost, then you put the Prince John down, then you sing the discard of the two cost, then you cast the three cost discard on uh, on turn four, and then maybe singing. It's just like, that's a lot. And I think you can beat almost any deck when you have that curve, but you're just not going to have it every mm-hmm. single game. So I think mm-hmm. that that deck has a lot of equity to just win games that it shouldn't as well. Off the sure, board, it makes sure. sense. Uh, moving on to the next comment, we have this one from Quest for Lore. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Amethyst Emerald, which is a deck uh, I think Zeph mentioned earlier. I found high success by playing a lower to the ground aggro style version of this deck with minimal Mim Merlin package. The willpower of a lot of the Emerald two lore questers sits at three. 
so it can dodge some of the removal from steel. I find the Emerald Amethyst version to have a better matchup spread than the Hyper Aggro Amber Amethyst deck. Also, the addition of Merlin Go allows you to squeak out games that in set one you would lose at 18 to 19 lower. Just some thoughts. Uh, again, this is a deck that I think probably plays pretty well into Ruby Amethyst if it is that aggro deck. Um, if you feel it like it's faster than... Um, or sorry, if you feel like it has a better matchup spread than uh, Amber Amethyst, I think that makes sense because if you're saying that most of the cards have around three willpower, it's not going to get absolutely dunked on by Steel. So yeah, this might be the deck that I want to test out a little bit before this tournament because mm. if it has that decent matchup spread, I might... I might give it a shot. What are you what are you thinking about playing for the tournament? Because I feel like oh, Okay. Wait, yeah, what, what deck are you gonna play? I was gonna say I feel like Moyne's gonna play Ruby Anthus, but Moyne actually might play some flute stuff. Uh yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. What are you gonna play, Kyle? What do you think? I think that? honestly, if I'm if I'm if I'm being honest, like if I if you ask me right now, you're like you have to play a deck right now, I would probably adjust my current amber steel list to include more flutes. That's mm. probably that's probably what I would do. Moyne's cheering there, yeah, for sure. It's just what I have most experience on mm. this uh this set, to be honest, and um, I'd feel comfortable playing it a, a lot, honestly. Yeah, it's I know, I know. I feel like I feel like you would play. You would be testing a lot, Brenner, right? To prep, or if you if you had to pick a deck right now, would it be I'd Ruby play Amethyst? Ruby Amethyst, and I probably wouldn't test yeah. a lot, mostly because, uh, like I said, playing Escape from Tarkov, which is like that game. It like it comes in like six month cycles, and you like go hard for like a month, and yeah. But still, I feel very comfortable on the Ruby Amethyst list, and I don't. I actually think our list is really, really good. Uh, there are there's like two to three slots that I don't know what to play, and we'll get into that the main topic. Is like, do I play? Yeah, I was testing out Maleficence. The big ones they're terrible. They just weren't good. So there's a few slots I need to fix up, which I might just tech for the flute somehow, or like any way I can just tech for, um, you know, maybe for the discard deck or something like that. But ultimately, like on Ruby Amethyst, because the Ruby Amethyst list now, like nowadays, is basically the list that we played in chapter one it's evasives it's board clear and it has ursula's to close out the game like it's the same deck so i feel very very comfortable playing that deck right now sure sure so for me i mean ruby amethyst would be the default choice but uh i would definitely put in the time to see whether i can cook up a flute deck that isn't at least comparable in power level and maybe even better for sure all right, next comment is from Orange Piggy. Hey guys, love the podcast as usual. I have also been desperately trying to come up with a deck to beat the Ruby Amethyst, and I feel like I have found one. I've had a lot of success with a really low to the ground Amber Emerald discard deck. This one is Amber Emerald discard. Oh yeah, this is actually a new, a new color combination that we haven't discussed right now. Yeah, so it has like, spends... um, you've forgotten me and stuff, right? That's mm. it. Yeah, for sure. I've had a lot of success uh, with this deck. This deck spends the first two to three turns getting set up with Bucky and Prince John and relies on your shift two characters on turn four, along with Sudden Chill. If you don't have the ideal setup, you have four cost Bloodborns and Donald and, Mul and Mulan to trigger discards, and you also have You have Forgotten Me. Kind of very similar to what you were mentioning, Brendan. If you just have the right cards early on, it can do some super, super Yeah, the game's stuff. just over. <laughs> it is just yeah. over. If you have the right curve with this, like any of these discard decks, the game, the game is legitimately over. <laughs> like, it just ends. Mm -hmm. Ruby Amethyst is really good at shitting, shitting down early questing, sure, but this deck doesn't give the chance for trading and Bucky and Prince John have ward. I'm often completely fine with getting them uh, a 5-6 lower lead whilst bouncing with the min package while I set up to control their hand. Once you have control of their hand and you will keep card advantage for the rest of the game and Shift Flynn will easily allow you to catch up on the lore. It also makes their hand really hard to play out because you often have to discard powerful uninkables in order to keep progressing your ink. Mm -hmm. Uh... 
he's just provided the list below and said would love to hear our thoughts if we do end up theory crafting for an anti-meta deck i think you should check it out so mm. yeah we'll definitely definitely give this a shot because it's a color combination that uh, we have not heard of at the I, moment i like it a lot actually um because it really doubles down on what makes the other deck powerful i feel like like the emerald steel deck it just doubles down on the discard because mm -hmm. the current em emerald steel deck is a discard deck but it also has like a lot of mid-range elements with things like beast mm -hmm. um it's clearing boards with things like grab your sword you have smashes in the deck so you have all these things to like actually do other things and make your opponent discard their entire hand um outside of combat of course so like this i feel like this list leans more into uh heavier into the discard and is more reliant on combat mm -hmm. to actually clear the board rather than this like uh, action based or song based board clear i'd be this is a deck that i would i would definitely try it's like but if i play this list does it give me more equity into some of my other bad matchups i'm playing emerald steel like amber steel you know the song decks. Mm. Yeah, so f just just from looking at this at first in theory, I think this because of because of uh, doubling down on the discard uh, element of the deck, I think it will do even better against Ruby Amethyst than the Emerald Steel discard deck. But I think it also it also welcomes some other problems as it. Uh, because it loses the steel color, which is very important for some matchups, it suddenly opens up an, a, a weakness against aggro decks. And also, I think, against, if, let's say, this discard deck was to face the, the steel discard deck, then the steel discard decks would have the tools to maybe get rid, not, get rid of your, your buckies and your princes, while you don't really have the, those options. And I think that matchup would also be pretty bad. Mm -hmm. But... Um, as as a counter, I think it does that job better. Yeah, I actually think I that like Mini Mouse is pretty overpowered. To be honest, as a one three evasive that costs three, and like not having the answers to that card and not being an aggro deck just puts you in a tough spot. Because like, mm -hmm. there's plenty of times I was playing Emerald Steel where I was kind of doing the thing, but then if I I was like, holy hell, I need to find Tinkerbell, grab your swords. Like this is bad. I need to find my Smash because these things are just questing for two every single turn. Like that card is. That card is really, really good. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that that's a good point. You might make the, you might uh, make them discard the entire hand quicker than the other deck. But what if they have two mini mouse on the board? On by board, that yeah. Time? Then what can you do, right? Yeah, and they're just slamming it's, their top deck every turn. Yeah, it's actually I mentioned this to Moyen before the podcast of what if we actually played the two cost Jafar in Emerald Steel to try and combat that mini mouse, which isn't bad, but then it brings up the. We're just kind of going in a circle now in terms of like, oh, if the deck actually plays Teeth and Ambitions, then you're just screwed because they can just yeah. kill off so, your so Jafar so easily. It's a two-willpower so issue yeah. again, but yeah. other than that, it would be a very good idea. Most people mm -hmm. are playing Teeth and Ambitions as well. My biggest question, well, I guess we can... We're just kind of weaving the main topic into the question. Let's be real. Spilled ink and main topic yeah. at yeah. the same time. Um, I'm, so, like, if I was looking at this tournament, I was playing Ruby Amethyst and say I wanted to use my last two, three slots to tech for the mirror. Is there any, like, anti-evasive tech? Or can I double down on more evasives to actually help me out in that matchup? Uh, do you think the Ursula has helped a lot? in terms of extending the game, but it does feel like the game still hinges on the, like an inflection point regarding mini mouse. Like that is like the key card and everything else just plays around it to an extent. So I wonder if I could play something like Peter Pan shadow, if the card is just too bad, or I could play more evasives. I know you tried Pongos, um, Moyen at one point and they were just too inefficient, especially with the current. Yeah. They're, they're, curve. they're, they're too late. I mean, they're, they're not an anti-evasive tech. They're just more evasives against mm -hmm. decks that are bad against it. But I think they're just too, too, they come down too late and they're too slow. Um, the, 
common card that people use to get a little bit of an edge in this evasive trade-offs of minis is the three-cost Merlin, Merlin the Crab, where mm-hmm. you just Merlin yep. your own mini and attack your opponent's minis. Good point, yeah. And that's a, de- that's a decent way for sure, because the card's incurable and not, it doesn't have a terrible baseline mm-hmm. if, if, if it's not just for that. Yeah, I, I forgot somebody actually, you know, multiple people that did that to me this past week, and I was like, mm. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. Crab is pretty for, good for, for sure. me. Merlin Crab was like when I saw it in decklist before I saw it being played. I I didn't I didn't see the reason at first, and then uh, once that happens to you, like the first time that happens to you, you know, oh, that's a pretty good reason to include that in the deck. Yeah, for sure. Uh, all right, next comment we have is from Ryan. I think the best deck against Ruby Amethyst is Emerald Steel, but not the all-in discard focus deck. I've been running one with Daisy Duck and Lucifer, which has done well at disrupting Lady Tremaine and be prepared. Turn 5 is so important against Ruby Amethyst, and getting 2-3 to three cards out of their hand seems to do a good job at breaking up Lady Tremaine and be prepared. So yeah, this is basically just saying not the all-in discard focus decklist, which I, I guess that's the one that we're kind of talking about, but... No, at no, the- no. So... Just, I don't know, this is a little bit confusing to me. Like, I, I can agree on on the first sentence. Mm-hmm. I think the best deck against Ruby Amethyst is Emmett's Deal, but not the All-In Discard Focus Deckless. Mm-hmm. But then the second sentence kind of makes me think that... So what does All-In for Olin Discard yeah, Focus Deckless mean? Yeah, this is what I'm trying to... Like, this is still All-In a disc- would this kind is still of be discard. Daisy du- I think yeah. Daisy Duck and Lucifer would be All-In yeah. Discard Focus. Because they're not in the, the... At least the typical Emerald Steel de- Discard decks that I've seen, I have not seen... Daisy Duck and Lucifer, in the majority of them anyways, so mm-hmm. yeah, this is a little bit confusing. It's kind of saying, so, I'm not playing this card, but I am really playing this card. <laughs> because most people really don't play Daisy Duck and Lucifer, mm-hmm. and Daisy Duck, I, I really don't want in my deck because it's just, mm-hmm. it dies too quickly for how much it costs, or too easily, yeah. uh, and the payoff isn't big enough for me to take that risk of playing something that doesn't do anything on play and then can also die before it does something. I do think Lucifer... My, I think Lucifer's underplayed in, in this card. I think Lucifer's pretty good, but... Yeah. Cool. All right, our last comment we have is from Pay No Heed. Uh, just because it's the most played deck doesn't mean it's the best deck. If more players play the deck, obviously it's going to show up in the top eight more. There is definitely a deck out there that has a great matchup versus Ruby Amethyst. Maybe Emerald, Steel, Discard. For me, the best deck versus Ruby Amethyst is Steel Flute. They simply can't remove the flutes, and with 20 plus songs, it's easy to race them. 20 plus songs, first of all. I don't know what deck this guy's playing. That's a seems like a crazy amount of songs. Uh, I went to a 96 player event here in the UK playing Steel Flute. Um He had a list. I mean uh, he had a list, I think I left it off. Or he had more to the comment, I think he got second. Mm-hmm. Um but there was Oh a, shit, okay, that's pretty like impressive. Force, there was like a four split or something because they ran out of time. I could be misremembering. Mm-hmm. One thing I'll say, I don't disagree with this, but we don't think that Ruby Amethyst is the best deck because it is the most represented deck that shows up to a tournament. Uh, it's mostly from internal playtesting. I, I, I try to be, I try to be actually pretty hesitant to say Ruby Amethyst is the best deck because I just have a bias towards it. Like I think a lot of the mm-hmm. other decks in like I playing an aggro deck in Lorcana is it. it, it is literal pain for me. Like, I hate it so much. So, I, I tend to gravitate towards Ruby Amethyst, even if it's not the best deck. But I think right now, it really is the best. And I think, you know, we don't, when we look at these tournament results and we talk about them on the podcast, 
we have some pretty imperfect data in the sense that we don't actually get a breakdown of the decks that show up. We just get top eight. So top eight conversion is a really relevant uh, statistic. We don't get that. We just get to see top eight. But I think we can reasonably infer that the, the like if it's seven of a top eight, five of a top eight, I do think that people are still showing up with other decks and that, you know, there's a somewhat healthy meta share because, I mean, yeah, I I don't know. I I think that Ruby Amethyst is the best deck for more reasons than just, oh, it made five of a top eight in this tournament or that mm-hmm. tournament. Yeah, um, I, I also want to say that I like for how good Ruby Amethyst is. I am still really happy to see, and it's great that you can you you can still play other decks and still do pretty well. It's like it's like you were saying, right? It's not like we're seeing all Ruby Amethyst. Like it may be, it, it, what I think at the moment is the best deck in the game at the moment. But it's still great to to see that you you still can really play a lot of different types of color combinations, right? And you can still do pretty decent with them. Like just just because Ruby Amethyst is this good does not mean that everything else is absolutely trash. You know, mm-hmm. like that's 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 the biggest thing I want to let you guys know is because something is the best doesn't mean that everything else is unplayable. Yeah. You know, so so basically, sometimes in in meta games, one deck is the best, and no matter what you do, you're unfavored against it, and that's mm-hmm. that's that's very uh, dangerous. But that's not the situation we're in. Even if we say Ruby Amethyst is the best deck, we with also with a lot of input from from you guys from last week. We tested a lot of different angles and ways to try to beat it, and they definitely exist. Uh, you can aggro Ruby Amethyst down. That 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 can work, but you have a steel weakness. You can you can try to make them discard their entire hand, but okay, you, you can have a steel weakness, or you can try to flute them, which maybe could be the way to try to beat them. That also specific best against other decks. So there's now already three completely viable ways to try and beat Ruby Amethyst, and I think that's a very healthy sign for the meta game. Um, but yeah, us. I, can, I think I can say us. Um, us saying Ruby Amethyst is the best deck comes from uh, from the data from the tournaments, but also a whole lot more from internal playtesting. Mm-hmm. And something being played the most or having the most top cuts doesn't necessarily mean it's the best deck. But a lot of the time, um, it is being played that much because uh, it is being viewed as the best deck by a lot of good players and also from a lot of internal testing. And also, that that it's a, it's a little bit of a different point, but I think if something is being widely regarded as the best decks, um, a lot of players end up playing that deck without actually being good at that deck <laughs> or the game. So that actually, I think once that happens and something is widely seen as the best deck, a, a lot, so many people pick it up that they decrease the overall stats of the deck, or the overall win rate of the deck, um, which could, could could make it seem like it isn't actually that good of a deck, it's just a lot of people play it. But yeah, this is, uh, there's a lot to analyzing that data, but also we also only have very, very, very limited data on very little tournaments uh, yeah. with very little prize pool. So right now, um, the stats from the tournaments that we have aren't all that meaningful in comparison to if we had organized playing competitive circuit. Yeah, true. Um, that does conclude our spilled ink section. If you want to get your question read out, again, you can comment on YouTube. We'll get a keto for next week's episode. So heading in the main topic, I mean, it's just more of the same. Talking about our experiences trying to beat Ruby Amethyst and some of the deck lists we did uh, to do that. First thing I want to ask, though, is like, what happened to 
Sapphire Emerald. Is is Armada is the Madam M package in Amethyst just too OP? Because the Sapphire Emerald, which was basically it just had so many ward characters running things like Cusco's, like back in set one, that deck was not highly played. It was actually very much not played. But if someone played that into you as a Ruby Amethyst player, like it was actually terrible. Like it was such a bad matchup. Especially if you went second, it felt like it was almost unwinnable. I just like, is that color combination have any chance? Or does the Madam Impact package and just the general aggression of the Ruby Amethyst decklist make that matchup, you know, potentially not so bad anymore? Because no, I haven't seen that at all, at all. Yeah, we talked about it a lot last week, and I think it's because the power of ward is ward's power level got worse i think this set and that's not in a bad way that the, the keyword technically got worse but when you've cards like tremaine and stuff like that that don't really care about it as much that can kind of get around it um i think it's not as bad now but maybe playing certain cards with ward that we haven't seen uh as much as is is pretty good right like that like what what would an emerald sapphire deck look like now right would it have cogsworth with resist stuff but it's like how much do we really care about resist would it have Cusco? how relevant is Cusco in, in in set two with these types of things you know what i mean like i think what we'd have to do is like we'd probably start building an emerald sapphire deck and then maybe look at some of the cards and be like oh i don't know if we're actually gonna win with these i'm i'm guessing here i haven't done it maybe i should do it to try and actually mm. test but from my understanding, the reason why we're not seeing it is because of that, is because the reason why it was good in set one is no longer the case in set two. Yeah, uh, yeah. and I, I want to elaborate, elaborate a little bit on, on mm -hmm. why that is. Because I think, so what has become a lot worse against Ruby Amethyst, but also we're seeing a lot of what in play now in the in the discard deck. Mm -hmm. um, I think what has become better against Steel, because Steel has gotten more tools that's targetable removal in... Um, Strength of a Raging Fire, let's Storm mm -hmm. Rage on, for example. So it's pretty good against that. It's just, um, basically, we didn't see that uh, Emerald, Emerald Sapphire deck in set one, because while it was a good counter, it wasn't a very good deck, yeah. right? It was only good because, sure. because the removal of Ruby Amethyst was bad against uh, so, what you were doing. Mm -hmm. And you could ask so many, so many questions where they don't have answers to, that you would just win that way. Um, but I, the reason I, I think this deck can never work in set 2, it's impossible, is that it's not enough to slowly ask questions in set 2 anymore that are hard to answer. Because all the good decks right now, they don't just have to answer your questions. They ask their own questions at the same time. So the, the Ruby Amethyst isn't just a deck that consistently removes your stuff. No, they actually have... Uh, a very efficient and quick way to win the game on the, on uh, their on their on their own way. The aggro decks will try to win the game on their own way. The the discard decks have a different uh, way to try to win the game. Where asking slow questions doesn't doesn't solve that issue at all. So I think in set two, that that deck won't see the light of day anymore. Yep, I think you're right. I think you're right. And that's yeah, it's it's interesting. The 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 metagame, in my opinion, has definitely gotten more narrow uh, since set one, and not in a bad way. Because like I think that that statement is like it is easily interpreted as bad, but it definitely has gotten a lot more narrow. It really felt like you could almost play any color combination in set one, but in set two, uh, while the metagame is relatively open and you can play a lot of decks, like we we're talking about with Ruby uh, Ruby Amber earlier um, and Amethyst Steel, like it does feel like the, the metagame is a bit more narrow and Ruby Amethyst is a, is a bit more on top 
than it was. It's a bit more of the best deck than whatever the best deck of set one was, which is up for debate whether it was Amber Steel, Ruby Amethyst. Like the best deck is a bit more of the best deck this time. Um, it's not necessarily bad. That's my. That's also my. I don't opinion. know whether yeah, that is. This man's about to c- think- cook up some flutes and dethrone. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I think it's the. It's kind of. Uh, the way I value it, it's, maybe it's even. Uh, maybe set one meta game was even more narrow than this because le- le- at, at least at the top at the top of the meta game set one was um, either you play Amber Steel or you play Ruby Amethyst. Those were I think after those two decks the gap was kind of big. Right now, it's I think it's arguable what the best deck is um, with again uh, the same color combinations in contention in mm-hmm. contention for it. Even though the decks are a little bit different now, but I I also think the gap to the let's let's say third fourth best decks isn't that isn't that wide. I think, for example, Steel Amethyst. I think the discard decks. I think Agro decks. They're all closer to the best decks than uh, the other decks were to the to, to the best decks in set one. Mm. All right. Well, <clears throat> we're gonna talk about the list specifically, or just like anecdotes from the list. If you're interested in the list description below use that as your resource to find out what exactly you're talking about so we have to read out 60 cards so i'll talk about um emerald steel first my experience with this deck i think this deck is uh very good like i said it has this uh this sort of one two three four combo that feels like it's unbeatable like so turn two you drop something like a bucky um turn three you drop your prince john then you sing uh a sudden chill with your bucky and then turn four you cast something like a hypnotize and do maybe one other thing you sing another sudden chill it just feels so ridiculous if you do that you're basically turn four your opponent has no cards in hand um and you've made them discard everything and then you have a steel package to remove whatever pesky threats they happen to actually put on board anyway um moving oh in terms of the emerald package one card that really didn't perform for me and underperformed was donald duck also flynn rider the four uh the four cost the one that quest for more when your opponent has less cards in hand it wasn't very relevant for me uh i just felt like i was already winning games most of the time when that could come down it was uninkable so it could get stuck in my hand but donald duck was interesting the idea so donald duck is like at the beginning of your turn uh you have you can have both players draw a card so it's symmetrical but i think the idea i almost never resolved donald duck by the way and i play a lot of games i think the idea behind donald deck is that it's relatively asymmetric in the sense that you can have both players draw that card and then you can make them discard that card because your discard cards funny enough with this deck can actually become really bad like mid game to late game because you can't cast them because your opponent won't leave cards in hand they won't give you a chance because if you're if you have a, a prince john sitting on the board your opponent if they have any opportunity to dump cards in their hand should do that because you're not only threatening to make them discard that card you're also going to draw a card off of that so it's a it's like a very positive exchange for you so they they will be hell-bent as a magic term so they'll have no cards in hand and your all of your discard cards basically just become ink cards they're very very bad um but yeah i think that donald duck can help you in that scenario because you can make them draw the card and then you can make them discard it so but it was just never a card that i was really resolved and it just didn't perform well for me uh, other than that uh improvise this is the one cost cantrip draws a card didn't find myself having a lot of resources to do that their effect was not not relevant for me um so I just didn't, I didn't have like a lot of leftover resources to go ahead and cantrip. But the idea is it thins your deck for one cost. Uh, in regards to the steel package, it is obviously it's not the core of the deck in terms of making people discard things. But Beats is really good for actually living in extended games. Jafar is really, really powerful as a card draw engine as well. Also, it is good with your Bucky because when you play it, it'll make them discard something. Then you just have a ton of removal. The most unimpressive removal for me was by far Strength of a Raging Fire. I just found myself having... Uh, 
you know, two characters at max on board anytime. I didn't really have that like three plus, so I wasn't getting a lot of value out of it. And then Grab Your Swords Tinkerbell was way more relevant than I thought uh, because of things like Minnie Mouse, like that that three power butt. You just got to be able to clear it. And when you can AOE clear it, because like one of the things that is really dangerous for you is like your Ruby Amethyst um, opponent gets those two Minnie Mouses out early and you're playing a deck that sort of is uh, predicated on beating up on a control deck, making them discard their their big, uh, powerful, expensive cards that are stuck in their hand. But if they just dump their whole hand, they have too many mouses questing. You're like, oh my god, I can't outquest this. Like you, you, you can't. Your your deck doesn't quest very well. So this uh, this Tinker Sword Grab Your Sword combo is really good for me. Um, that's that's pretty much my takeaway. I felt like it was powerful into Ruby Amethyst, um, and it was not great into most other decks but on the play especially especially on the play maybe on the draw as well if you have that one two three four it felt like you could be anything sure i think i just want to touch on two points there from what you said brendan i do agree as well i think donald duck is probably one of the uh worst performing cards in the deck uh obviously the main reason it's there is because it interacts well with bucky with it being a floodborne and so when you play and bucky's on board your opponent will discard something and uh from what you talked about with improvise, I can see how it cannot be great. I think a reason why it's probably included in the deck besides it being a cantrip is, again, something we touched on a lot in today's podcast, which is a lot of your cards in this deck have two strength, like your Donald Duck, your Flynn Rider, your Benja, your Small Tinks, and giving it an extra point of strength can then work well into hitting a lot of your opponent's cards, again, if they're on that um, mm. free willpower slot. But then, like, that's probably the best use of the card, right? Like, it's, it's not like, yeah, you're drawing a card, and maybe you get a, a, a favorable trade or whatever. But, like, yeah. did you find that's some of the reasons when it was so, pretty useful? my issue with that card is that <clears throat> most of your cards in this deck are engines. They're not actually cards you want to do combat with. Like, you don't want sure. to attack with Flynn Rider. You don't. You want them mm -hmm. to attack you. You probably mm -hmm. don't want to attack with your Bucky. You want to probably leave it untapped and utilize its ability. Same thing with Prince John. Sure. So a lot of these characters aren't attacking. Some of your steals, like they can do combat. Um, but yeah, I mean the the card just seemed bad. Like the actual effect of the card seemed terrible for me. But um the idea that you have redundant resources left over and you can now draw through your deck faster to get to your cards that are really, really impactful. Cause this deck is not there aren't individual cards that are fundamentally overrate. But if you have a Prince John on board, hypnotize, sudden chill, like these discard cards are fundamentally way overrate. So you really want to be playing them when you have this on the board. So the idea of you're able to uh go through your deck faster with cards like improvise. It seems like it doesn't seem like a necessarily like a bad card for me. I just don't know if it was impactful enough, um, and if it was helping me finding my tools. And because it does cost a resource, which is a huge cost. Yeah. Like it's a massive cost. It also costs a card in your deck. Um, so I just was unimpressed. The main thing with Donald Duck is my idea with Donald Duck. I saw the card. I was like, okay, I think I understand the scenario where this is supposed to be good, but. Honestly, I was just like, maybe I'm not smart enough to understand this card. <laughs> like maybe. No, no, wait. Maybe you're too maybe you're too smart to understand it. Because I, I think I think we're talking too much about Donald Duck's effect. I think if it was a if it didn't have an effect, if it was an inkable two five that quests for two and says flatborn, I would play it in this deck. Mm. The effect doesn't need to do anything. Yeah, you're doing it for you're doing it for, for uh, Bookie, right? That's this is yeah. why it's it's in the deck. So yeah, it, yeah I think it's just um it's I mean it's it's the best uh the most efficient four drop that's also that's also a flood point mm. and that's 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 good enough for me 
Yeah, I think I found myself often playing Jafar's like over that. Uh, Jafar is a also a four cost. It's a Floodborne, but then when you do combat with it, mm-hmm. you draw a card. Like, yeah, that card that is sense. just like really, really good. It's also a three four. I think is the is the body, mm-hmm. which is just yeah, it's a three four. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, a, a two five is also nuts, and a quest for two. <laughs> so what's <laughs> funny about this deck is it has steel, so it has that inherent anti aggro package. But Beast gives you so much reach to go into the long game with like what should be a terrible deck in the mid to long game um like mm-hmm. beast is just such a powerhouse of a card so I, I really like it and that's why yeah if 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 the only idea the only thesis was like oh you have the emerald discard package you have steel for removal and beast didn't exist as a card i might be more inclined to look at like another color combination but because you get all of the removal plus this like just ridiculous card that beast is like uh i'm not I don't know. I really liked it um, okay. as a as a color combo. Okay, this might be collecting myself uh, another minus point on the future <laughs> scoreboard, but I have one card I want to talk about for this deck, but also for other steel decks. Okay. That that is a. I, I think we talked a little bit before about it before the pod, but it's a pretty bad card if you just look at it um, in a vacuum. Mm. But the context could make it good enough, and. Because it, so we, we are in this oh people play so many two damage um, breakpoints on their removals they play we play grab your sword we play that the storm rage on we play strength of a raging fire so natural people response is okay let's play more three will, three willpower cards one of the very strong willpower cards being mini mouse um, so for that mini mouse we often either want to just de- or, or for other three willpower cards we want to be dealing three damage exactly or more. To kill it, or because we still play all these very efficient two damage cards, it would be nice to be to be able to ping it off for one damage, uh, which would also help us with uh, with denying the card draw from the beast, just pinging it off uh, uh, the turn after they drop it. So the card I'm talking about still doesn't die to strength of a raging fire, still doesn't die to grab your sword on its own. Um, so the card I'm talking about is unlinkable, card. but it is Robin Hood. Yeah. Two, two ink, one three, you can tap it to deal one damage. And I think a few copies of Robin Hood actually could find place in some steel decks. I can see it, actually. I can see it. I can see it. I can see. I mean, it's kind of why Fire the Cannons is so good as well. Because Fire the Cannons can disrupt the beast. Fire the Cannons can... I mean, well, the biggest thing for Fire the Cannons, I think, even against... Not, not against the Ruby Amethyst stuff, it can uh, shut down steel songs early game pretty well you know yeah. they throw the queen and they're about to yeah. do their big shifting you just fire the cannons like oh well it's a different opener right yes yeah, it's pretty powerful yeah mm-hmm. it's good there like honestly mm-hmm. i don't really like using fire the cannons to hit a beast it's like i go yeah. i go one for zero effectively one for zero and this card is uninkable it's like that if that was all it did, I, I, I wouldn't play it i don't think i ever played uh the I don't even know what it's called, the fucking cannon in my deck. Fire <laughs> the cannons. It's so bad. <laughs> One cost deal two uninkable. When you hit the amber when you hit the amber it's opener good, yeah. though, it's actually it's insane. Good. When you hit the queen, because the queen mm-hmm. the queen shift sure. it shifts into an X2 and then like their entire game plan is just over. <laughs> it's like it's actually yeah. so bad. Um but actually okay, I, but I didn't like fire the cannons very much in this in this deck list, to be fair. It's it's another it's not a card that's bad in a vacuum, but contextually it can make sense. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So I think overall the, that's my thoughts on on Emerald Steel. I do think it is it's probably good into Ruby Amethyst. So when I was playing the deck, when I played against Ruby Amethyst, 
uh, I was like, oh, I get to, this is what, this is why I'm playing the deck. I'm doing my thing. And it felt, it felt fine, which is not really the takeaway you should have. It should feel amazing. And then when I played the Ruby Amethyst deck, I switched decks lists. So I was playing Ruby Amethyst, which was not very conducive to our testing process, but I like that deck. <laughs> I was playing against this deck and I was like, it just felt mid. It just was like, okay, are they going to, they, are they going for, Okay, who's going first? Who's going second? I'm going first. Okay, my win equity has gone up significantly. Do they have the turn two? Because it's not just the turn three Prince John. It's also, do they have turn two Flynn Rider or turn two Bucky? If they don't, I'm good. Because like just turn three Prince John, I can deal with that. Like all these, so many scenarios were just fine for me. And then the, there was like, a, just like one, one nutty, nutty draw on the play, mostly on the play. You can also do it on the draw where I talked about the two, three, four that, yeah, you probably lose the game there, but then you just go next and it's very unlikely for them to have those cards again. So I was, let's say overall, I was unimpressed. I think a good takeaway though, is like, you also need to remember, and this is something to definitely keep into consideration. Like you, you yourself, Brendan, you, you've played Ruby Amethyst for a long time. You know, your win condition, you know how to beat this thing. And, and that's the thing is like, uh, if, when you face an experienced player, like the, the biggest difference was like you put in the time to really understand the Emerald Sea list. You put in the time to really understand the Ruby Amethyst list. And if you have a Ruby Amethyst player who isn't like doesn't play well into the Emerald Sea matchup where they use cards where they shouldn't or they, they're uh, discarding um, the wrong cards and stuff like that, that's where things can maybe get a little bit shady. But you know, like the, the biggest thing is you know your outs, you know how to win the game. And for people that are just exactly like Moyen said, hopping onto a deck list because it's the best deck in the meta and don't actually really know how to play these matchups, that's where maybe you're like, people are like, oh, the Emerald Steel matchup is is so favored because they don't know how to deal with it uh, as mm -hmm. well, right? It's all about information and putting in the time to understand how, how you're winning these matchups, right? The biggest, <clears throat> my biggest endorsement for this deck list and why you should maybe play it is because you can beat Ruby Amethyst and you should beat Ruby Amethyst. Like that's kind of where you play deck. But mm -hmm. you can also beat literally everything else. Like if you go first and you do the two, three, four, I don't know any deck that beats that. They actually discard their whole hand and you draw like a million cards and like, it's just- it's, Oh, I, I know. What? Just go queen, shift queen, grab your sword before you can do your shit. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's... yeah. Shut that's, down the engine, yeah. Yeah, the then engine... You, then, you, then you top deck, then you top deck a, a whole new world and the, the game's on, right? Yeah. You sing a whole new world with your queen. Yeah, if they... um, Yeah, getting your Prince John grab your sword is pretty bad for you, to be honest. Like, that's, <laughs> that's pretty bad. You really want to make them discard that card before they can cast it. It's bad. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, the deck list is... Uh, like I said, I was I was unimpressed because I was like, okay, this deck is going to dunk on Ruby Amethyst, but it didn't, in my opinion. Uh, I could change my mind, uh, but I do think that if you're looking for a deck and you like this kind of deck, because this deck is uh, this deck, I like to, I would describe this deck as zero sum fun, As asymmetric fun. One player no, gets to have you... fun. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. One player Sorry. gets to have all. There's there's a finite amount of fun, and you will be having all of it if you play this deck. Your opponent will be <laughs> having none of it. So yeah. if you're into those decks. So if you're the type of player that uh, has the most fun here when your opponent is miserable, um, then that's pretty fun deck. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about <clears throat> let's talk about Amethyst Steel. Again, decklist in the description. I want this decklist to work. I really do. I want this color combination to work. I love Beast as an addition to Steel. I love Steel in general because I hate aggro. So <laughs> I love Steel. Um, and Amethyst feels like it has a lot of tools in and of itself right now because it still has this crazy top end, but it got the addition of Yzma for you know single target removal for pesky threats. And it has the Mata Bin package, which is inherently nuts. That being said, 
AOE board clear is just be prepared is just so good. Be prepared is so good, and so is single target removal. Like, what the hell are you doing against an Ursula? And then you're also you also just don't have mini mouses, which is you have a lot of removal for mini mouses. But I'd rather be the player playing the mini mouses than the one removing them every single time. So this deck list really fell on its face, or this color combination really fell on its face for me in terms of like everything <laughs> like i felt like ruby amethyst was kind of it wasn't better against like this deck list might be better against aggro but it did feel like ruby amethyst was just like a better deck period yeah. so this is to me this deck could counter ruby amethyst if ursula didn't exist it just has too much trouble with ursula and if people start playing three to first i think it just can't counter that mm. other, other than that i think it would, it would actually be pretty decent deck to counter Ruby Amethyst. So I think in turn, I think you do, if you play this deck and you want to be good against Ruby Amethyst, you need to play for Isma, which is like the only way in that color combination to deal with Ursula. Um, other than what that, What do you think I about think... them drawing so many cards, right? They draw the card of Ursula, then you give them two more cards of Isma. I mean, you have to be firmly mm -hmm. ahead in tempo. If you aren't, like, the card advantage is yeah, actually but, uh, insane. Okay, so this... Okay, multiple things. First of all, your deck is pretty good at getting ahead mm -hmm. in tempo until that point, right? Because of the singing, grab your sword of the of the tinker belts and stuff. Your deck is pretty good at doing that. And then also, let's say you even in tempo, them playing Ursula, you playing Isma. Okay, they draw two extra cards and you lose a lore. But you have this Isma on board, so you're, there's also a tempo swing in that. And if there is, let's say, a spellbook on your board already, then you might be able to win off the back of that tempo even while giving them the extra cuts. It's not the perfect answer, but I think it's the best answer that deck has available. So the difference is, I think this deck is better against this card because you can grab your sword, get their stuff if you play um, mm -hmm. any shift tinkerbells or stuff, for example. And also this deck's better against aggro. So yeah, it, ha it has that going for it, but it's not the Ruby Amethyst counter we wanted it to be. It's not. Um, it's... It's close, maybe in a set or two. It just, like, you don't really appreciate the power of be prepared until you don't have it. And then you're like, oh my goodness. Oh hmm. my if, goodness. What do I do about this? If Ravensburger bans Ursula from competitive play, then this deck's <laughs> great. Yeah. Ursula is, by the way, if you play any sort of Amethyst control deck and you're not playing Ursula, you should probably put that card in your deck. That card has cr been criminally underplayed since set one. In set one, it, started, it was a four of and everybody's deck list, I think, towards the end. But... It took a while, and in set two, it took a while. Like that card is ridiculous. That card yeah. is so. And also, insane. it's not just. It's not okay. I think it, the the card is good on its own for the deck, but also, um, with this entire testing we did, we found so many decks that could beat Ruby Amethyst if Ruby Amethyst doesn't play Ursula, <laughs> and then if they play Ursula, suddenly the deck's very very hard to counter. So it's also very good for making your deck, uh, hard to counter. Mm -hmm. All right, last decklist. This is Amber Steel. I'm gonna leave it to you guys to talk about this decklist. Not a decklist I tested. I've actually played zero games of Amber Steel in set two. I've only played against it. Um, I played a lot of the deck in set one. A lot of the deck, um, but it's not my style. Because like, there's a, there's a dichotomy in the metagame between you either play this deck or Ruby Amethyst if you're kind of like waffling between those two best decks and i feel like you just have to pick one and kind of master it and i liked i preferred to be on the ruby am this side of the matchup in set two in set one i know this is a very controversial opinion for the podcana podcast and for the other hosts that are on here but at the end of chapter one i thought that amber steel was favored into ruby amethyst I know it's 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 fighting words. Yeah, Moyne's disappointment <laughs> is immeasurable. 
so yeah, just moving on to this list here. Uh, it's not something I've played with a lot. Like I say, I, my version of Amber Steel only runs one, one flute at the moment. I will 100% be testing uh, the four flutes in here. This particular list that we're looking at, I have to say I don't like it altogether. Uh, not altogether, but there's some things I want to change. For example, I see one five-cost beast. Come on, you got to be playing Two more beasts than six that. six-cost tinker, though. Yeah, two six cost Tinkerbell, and uh, it's something I talked to Moyne about before the podcast. Uh, I'm really not too high on this big Cinderella. I think a lot of people think it's super, super insane because, oh, well, you can shift from the one cost Cinderella or you can shift from the two cost Cinderella. I'm like, this card is really bad, especially if you're playing the flute version of Amber Steel and you're running multiple uh, World's Greatest Criminal Minds. I think, I think most players probably play two of that card. I think I play three of if your opponent does the big thing of, oh my god, I'm going to shift my Cinderella and you just kill it with a, with a... You could sing it for free and kill it. That feels really bad for, for your opponent, right? Like, that's, that's something you do not want to be seeing too much. Um, so the biggest thing I want to ask you, Moyen, is if we're playing four flutes, how many songs do we actually want to be playing? Because like the dude mentioned in the comments earlier, like, are we playing 20 plus songs? Like, are we playing closer to... Eight? I, I think maybe I'm playing closer to 18. I can see in this list... Um, Compared to my Amber Steel list at the moment, uh, this guy uh, da David or Davide is running some more um, BR guests, which I don't think is a bad card to run at all. Uh, it's just a super super solid song. Was run a lot in in chapter one. So um, yeah, I, I guess two questions: what, uh, how many songs do you think we should be running, and is there any other elements that you would change? I think most notably is probably taking out this uh, Cinderella package. Um, so I, I think I would be playing 20 for sure, or okay. maybe, even, maybe even a few more, because I, if you look, uh, I think four Let the Storm Rage on, four Whole New World, four Grab Your Sword, every, everyone can get behind, and then I, I think I really like four Strength of a Raging Fire, and then a few mm -hmm. Biogas Whole New World, mm, maybe, what is it, Let the Storm, no, something about Roses, draw a card. Minus one of few characters. That cut's pretty decent too. And oh, I think, paint the roses red. Yeah, yeah that's paint the roses red. red. Mm. Yeah. So I think we want to increase density for Ariel and also for the flutes. And the cards are just pretty decent on their own as well. So I, I, I can definitely see that that Ember still plays around twenty songs. Uh, and personally, I think yeah. I also I also don't really like Cinderella. Um, I just don't think it's the direction the deck currently wants to go in, because especially with the addition of flutes. At some point, all you want to be doing is chipping in with small characters while prolonging the game so you can win them with loot. You don't need this boss monster where sometimes um, you fall behind because you played it and they removed it efficiently and sometimes you win the game because they just couldn't remove it. Mm. I don't think it's really something this deck needs or wants to be doing. Um, but in general, I think the deck's super interesting to build because in the entire meta game, it has the most options of viable cards on similar power level and there's a lot of ways you can go about it there's people cutting uh the stitch uh and or, or the queen package just because they don't really like this two willpower um breakpoint there's people playing gaston to to sing five cost songs instead or even though it's a it's an inefficient card or it's a card that's just worse than ariel still does the job of letting you sing whole new world or grab your sword there's a lot of ways to go about it i think um, the queen shift package is too strong to cut, even if it has this unfortunate break point. And then I just want to be filling the deck with um, the, a good a good 20 songs for sure. And then play four, four beasts, four tinkerbells, 
maybe a few of the shift Tinkerbells so I can uh, sh cheat out the Tinkerbells from time to time against the Scott decks and then you think just... we're running uh, one or two Benjas maybe I think I'd play uh, maybe a one of Benja yeah, I think I think putting a Benja if you can fit him into this type of deck isn't bad with how many items we're going to see in the yeah, meta if we see mm -hmm. yeah very reasonable fitting in a few Benjas for uh, for flutes but also for Merlin's spell spellbooks, book. yeah, yeah. Um, and then and then also I think it might end up playing some one threes as one drops just because this deck's very. I think in this deck playing a small card that can quest for a number that's not zero that doesn't die easily, it's just a very good card in this deck. I think this deck wants to play vanilla one threes. What's the one? Oh, it's a. Uh... Is the Tiana? only one we can play Tiana? I don't think Amber has any one threes, is it? Yeah, I think I, it's I think, just Tiana. Yeah, I think it's just Tiana and Steel. Mm -hmm. Brendan, how, how do you feel after that discussion? So I lost <laughs> to this deck, by the way. Uh, okay. I think only one time, but I may have only played it. I don't know. Uh, I'm just trying to remember. I definitely lost a flute because the flute came down. And I was like, mm, that's that's adorable. That's what Moyne was talking about. And then I proceeded <laughs> to lose to it. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> it did feel like the game was pretty close, but it's just a small sample size. I only played against one flute gamer. They were definitely playing more than one flute. Um, and yeah, when the flute was down, when they actually put down a pair of flutes. Uh, they had zero cards in hand at one point, and I was like, well... I can still absolutely lose this game. That's kind of annoying. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's yeah, kind of it changes annoying. the entire scale of how the game's played. I think the card's very good to give us a ruby amethyst. Uh, the deck, it's a decklist uh, building. It's a deck building constraint for sure. I think you should build your deck around it, um, most likely because it's a two cost inkable. So you're eating a massive opportunity car cost to have this card in your deck. Um, so you should have the songs to support it. That being said, this is. As a Ruby Amethyst player, like I like to use the gut feeling, you know, to like evaluate because we can evaluate cards on like quantitative power level all the time. But the gut feeling of a card is important. If I'm playing Ruby Amethyst, this thing hits the board. I'm like shit because <laughs> now I know. Now I know that my opponent has his win con, and then they also like they don't just have the flute win con. They still have the amazing Amber Steel deck. The amazing deck that shifts out, uh, you know, these early characters that can sing whole new world and effectively make me discard five cards as a Ruby Amethyst player. Like it's still the really, it's still a really powerful shell. But flute gives gives it reach. I think that's a good word for flute. It gives it a lot of reach mm -hmm. to beat those control decks. So, I mean, if this, if it is better than I think it is, because I've only played, I only have a bit of experience against it. I wouldn't be surprised to see me on this list. Um, for the tournament, if I have time to test, because mm -hmm. I'm pretty much planning to play Ruby Amethyst. Um, but yeah, it's a it's very good card versus control, underappreciated card for sure. Yeah, I think Moyne can't smile any more than he is right now with this. Uh, when he first brought great. it up, I was like, "What card is he talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> how, how many pots ago did I start talking about? Flutes? We have to. It was like I think it was the one Maybe. before I went to the tournament. So it was in November. It was like it was the mid to late November, which is pretty long ago. It's like it's like the, maybe it was the second, third week of of the set launching. Moines already on the flute hype train. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of crazy. Yeah. yeah, and here we are. Awesome. Well, those are all our lists. Uh, we have not beaten Ruby Amethyst yet, not to our heart's content. I think that ultimately, what would satisfy it for us is not like this this super linear deck that only beats Ruby Amethyst and auto loses into everything else, but ideally something like an Amber Steel list that is 
um, maybe not favored, but has a decent matchup in Ruby Amethyst or a good matchup. And then because like Amber Steel is just so well positioned for the rest of the metagame, in my opinion, that if you can get a list that beats Ruby Amethyst and keeps um, you know some of the equity you had in your other matchups, you have what could be the best deck in the game. So. This pod, you know, from last pod to this pod, our next pivot is probably into Steel, Steel Amber here. Uh, do more work on this list. We'll test it in the tournament like we have an upcoming tournament this weekend. Um, I guess we'll all play in it. I was like, gosh, oh, should I play, not play? I was like, I should play, I should play. So we'll all play in it, um, and then we'll come back next week with, with the results. I'm interested to see how these flute gamers do. I might be on Ruby this myself, but, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Well, if you're listening to this and you enjoy it, the number one thing you can do is leave us a review on pod platforms. That's Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It helps a lot. Um, we did do a giveaway recently for the Disney 100. And yeah, that was cool. So I shipped that out uh, a couple weeks ago. I think that whoever won that, I forget the name, but they probably have it in hand at this point. So appreciate all the people that left reviews. It, it really does help so much. So the video version of this on YouTube, uh, on YouTube at youtube.com slash at podcast. And again, the link to the tournament and the deck list um, those are all in the description. So please use the description as a guide to find any resources that we talk about in the podcast that you might not, uh, you know, know the location of. And while you're on YouTube, hit that subscribe. It helps. Twitter is Brendan APG, Boyne underscore HS, Colatech underscore CG. Thank y'all so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Oh, also, 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 I want to, I want to thank everyone for all the, like, um, all the ways they, they tried to suggest in the comments how, how we could, from what angle we could try and attack the, the matchup and i think it helped us a lot we found a lot of ways we can beat it by losing to other stuff and we found some ways maybe we can try to beat it by being okay against other stuff i'm yeah. very glad we have this this community around us a lot of these lists actually came from the youtube comments i mean even <laughs> if it's not the specific list the idea right so like last podcast we missed um emerald steel and then after uploading the, well, actually prior to the uploading comments, but basically we found it pretty quickly. So and everybody helped us with that. So it's actually really helpful. And yeah, I echo, echo Moy's statement. Anyway, thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week.